Hello and welcome to My Friend Irma from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. For the safety of your smile, use Pepsodent twice a day. See your dentist twice a year. Lever Brothers Company presents the Pepsodent Show, My Friend Irma, created by Cy Howard and starring Marie Wilson as Irma with Joan Banks as Jane. that could be used by peoples of every nation. Me, Jane Stacy, I think it's a wonderful idea. It should bring a better understanding among all the countries. However, there's a chance the plan might fail. Why do I say that? Because I defy anyone speaking any language to understand my friend Irma. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I love my roommate, but there are times when I lose my patience. For instance, this morning I said, Irma... Yes, Jane? They've finally done it. They've developed an airplane to fly faster than sound. Gosh, Jane, that's terrible. Why? Well, if two people riding one of those airplanes try to carry on a conversation, they'd have to keep going back to find out what was said. <laughs> After that, I decided to change the subject before her head hit another air pocket. <laughs> Besides, there are more important problems on my mind right now. Irma. Yes, Jane? I hate to keep reminding you, sweetie, but if we're ever going to straighten out our budget, you've got to cut down on this foolish spending of yours. What do you mean, Jane? Well, you waste your money on such ridiculous things. Like the time you bought those obsolete tennis rackets with no strings. Well, I always miss the ball anyway. <laughs> and besides, Jane, they're not wasted. You can always use them for fans. <laughs> Stringless tennis rackets for fans? Sweetie, there's nothing with which to circulate the air. Well, that's why it's good. There's no draft. You can't catch cold. <laughs> I give up. Look, I don't want to run your life, Irma, and tell you how to spend your money, but you work hard for it, so I think you should only spend it on things that are practical. Practical? Uh, you mean like shoes? Yes, precisely. Well, then, Jane, wait until you see the pair I bought this morning for only two dollars. Two dollars? Well, that's wonderful. That's what I call a real bargain. What are they like? Oh, they're lovely. Gosh, I wish I had two left feet. <laughs> oh, Irma. Oh, gosh, don't be angry, Jane. The shoes look so lonely, no one would go near them. <laughs> Honey, I'm not angry. It's just that right now people should hang on to their money because we're in what's called an inflationary period. Do you understand, Irma, or shall I explain? Oh, Jane, you take me for a dummy. <laughs> well, inflation is a situation where the value of an item remains the same, but the cost increases out of proportion. Is that clear? Yes, but what does that have to do with inflation? Let me put it another way while I still have half my mind left. Irma. When you go to Mr. Holly's grocery store, how many quarts of milk could you buy in the past for 50 cents? Well, let's see, uh, 12 and a half cents a bottle. I used to get $4 for... 
I mean, I used to get four bottles for 50 cents. That's right. And how many bottles do you get now for 50 cents? Five. Five. <laughs> yes, I know the clerk better. <laughs> You're just not getting the point of this discussion. Look, I'll bring the whole thing closer to home. How much money do we have in our joint checking account? Uh, $200. That's right. But that $200 today is only worth 50 Only 50 Gee, I didn't know the banks charged that much interest just to hold it for us. <laughs> no, honey, it's only worth 50 because money won't buy as much today. The dollar is shrinking. Is that fair to George Washington? <laughs> Hey, hey, Jane, Jane, don't hit your head against the wall. You'll crack the plaster. Irma Peterson, I will try once more. Okay, Jane, and this time I'll concentrate with my mind. <laughs> Honey, if you don't want to work with me, don't work against me. Look, forget what I said about inflation. Just try to cut down on your spending, and I'm sure we'll get along. We're not millionaires, but we're doing all right. We have $200 in the bank, and the only money we owe is on the piano. A $20 a month payment isn't too difficult, so if we don't make any foolish purchases, we'll be able to pay off the piano and we'll get by. But, gee, if the money is shrinking... <laughs> Irma, that sounds like Mrs. O'Reilly. Will you see what she wants, honey? All right, Jane. What's the trouble, Miss O'Reilly? Irma, darling, I knocked out up here on the roof. Oh, I'll be there in a second, Miss O'Reilly. I'll be right back, Jane. Hello. Yes, Al. What? Tell Irma you'll be late. Where are you? Oh, at the unemployment office. Al, you sound dejected. What happened? You lost a dear friend. Oh, that's too bad. What did he die from? Oh, he didn't die. He got a job. <laughs> Well, chin up, Al. It will never happen to you. Yes, I'll tell Irma. Goodbye. Come in. Are you Miss Jane Stacy? Yes. I'm Mr. Woods of the Melody Piano Company. Oh, yes, of course. I'll make out the check for our monthly payment right away. Twenty dollars? Uh, before you make it out, Miss Stacy, I'd like to have you hear about the offer we're making to our installment buyers. Oh, well, really, I'm not interested in buying anything else right now. You see, we still owe five hundred dollars on the piano. Uh, that's and... just it, Miss Stacy. Our company is buying out a competitor, and we must have additional cash immediately. Therefore, we're trying to liquidate some of our accounts. So I'm prepared to make an offer whereby you can save $300 by paying off your account at once. Well, that sounds like a wonderful business proposition. Oh, it is. Are you uh, interested? Why, of course I am. Yeah, I hate to go into our savings, but it's too good an opportunity to overlook. I'll give you a check right now. Hmm? This breaks me, but... I think I've got a bargain. Here you are. Ah, thank you. The piano is now yours, paid in full. Here's your receipt. Good day. Oh, baby. You're all ours. Come in. Hello, Janie. Uh, do you have some breadcrumbs I can borrow? Well, sure, Mrs. O'Reilly. I want to feed the pigeons. Mrs. O'Reilly, I thought you hated pigeons. I do. But I was drying my eyelashes on the windowsill and one of them flew away with them. <laughs> oh, this nesting time is ruining me eyes. I see. Where's Irma? She's still up on the roof. She was saying something about taking all of her money out of the bank and washing it in Lux. 
because she didn't want it to shrink. <laughs> What's it all about, Janie? Oh, I never should have bothered her poor little head with that discussion on inflation. Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Hello, Janie and Mrs. O'Reilly, my two little trees. One a graceful willow, the other petrified forest. That's so. Why, Professor? Oh, excuse me, Janie, a little joke I picked up from a little boy scout. <laughs> Say, Mrs. O'Reilly, I got a complaint to make. What do you mean, complaint? I want you to tell the people in the next apartment from me to shut off their fan at night. It keeps me awake. How can a fan blowing in another room keep you awake? It is blowing on my wall, and I have to lean against it all night to keep it from falling on my bed. <laughs> oh, come now, Professor. The walls aren't that bad. No? Then why is it when the man next door took a picture off his wall and pulled the nail out, my coat fell down? <laughs> Listen, Professor, I'm in no mood to do favors for anyone until I find out who locked me on the roof. Mrs. O'Reilly, I did. <laughs> you? Why? Well, you know that little flower box I keep up on the roof. What about it? Well, I planted tomatoes in it this summer, and the birds keep pecking at them. And what does that have to do with me? Well, no offense, Mrs. O'Reilly. But where could I find a better scarecrow? Scarecrow? I'll show you... No, no, please, Miss O'Reilly. You are supposed to be a lady, I think. Why, you, you off-key hyphen. Now, stop are... it, stop it, the two of you. I have some wonderful news I want to tell you. The Melody Piano Company just gave me a wonderful business proposition. I just paid off the piano. But, Janie, I thought you owed $500. No, I did, but Mr. Woods from the piano company settled for $200. <laughs> Pretty smart business head on little Janie, huh? Oh, I think that's wonderful, Janie. I always say people should own everything outright. Except if you live in a room like mine. <laughs> then all you should own is a straitjacket. <laughs> oh, hush up with you. Gee, it's so beautiful up on the roof. Scenery's so nice. I saw a big, huge oak tree with a squirrel in it. He's so cute. Kept staring at me so strangely. <laughs> uh, did Al call Jane? Yes, sweetie. He's on his way. And so are we. Come on, Mrs. O'Reilly. I'll race you down the stairs. Oh, Professor, you make me feel like a little child again. <laughs> Look who's a child. A remark like that could cause Mother Goose to kill herself. <laughs> Irma, I've got wonderful news for you. The man from the piano company was just here. Come in. Hello, Jane. Hiya, chicken. Hello, Al, honey. Hello, Al. Look, kids, I know you two are in love with each other and would like to be alone. And personally, I prefer it that way. See you around. What's the matter with her? Oh, she's worried about our bank account. Your bank account? Yes, Jane says it's shrinking all the time. It's something called inflammation. <laughs> inflammation? Yes, everybody knows about it. It's something where the price is the same, but the cost goes up because you pay less and therefore pay more and have less, I think. <laughs> no, Chicken, you mean inflation. Works very simply. We'll explain. A few years ago, you walked into the corner store 
laid down a dollar and walked out with a pair of nylons, right? Right, Al. Now, suppose you walked into that same store today and laid down a buck. What would you get? A cherry pie. There's a bakery there now. <laughs> no, chicken, let me lay it out for you. You see, we are now in a period of uncertainty where no one knows what can happen to our money. But we have had panics before. I believe it was in 1893. Things were so desperate, the treasurer of the United States was empowered to act whenever the gravity of the situation demanded it. This was to become known as the law of gravity. Al, <laughs> to think I might have gone around with a stupid fellow. Well, chicken, you just happen to be lucky. Oh, yes, Al, I, I guess I was just born with a horseshoe in my head. <laughs> around with such an intelligent person has got me thinking. Now, wait a minute, chicken. You're lucky, but don't be desperate. <laughs> no, Al. I've learned a great deal from you and Jane, and I'm going to do something about it. Goodbye, Al. Where are you going, chicken? Oh, Jane and I have $200 in the bank, and I'm not going to stand around and watch it shrink. I'll be Jane's lifesaver. Goodbye. Oh, wait, chicken. Al, I've never thought clearer in my life. I know exactly where I'm going. Chicken, come out. You're in the closet. <laughs> Hiya, Jane. Oh, well, it's you on the sofa. I thought it was the laundry bag. <laughs> Where's Irma? She went out. Said she was going to be your lifesaver. Lifesaver? I don't understand that. Hello. Hello, Jane. Irma, where are you? Jane, I just left the bank, but you don't have to worry about our, our money shrinking. That's good, Irma. What did you do? I took it out. Oh, Irma. Irma! Oh, I knew you'd be thrilled, Jane. Goodbye. Jane, what's wrong? Your eyes are popping. I just gave the piano man a check for $200, and Irma just took the money out of the bank. Holy mackerel. So that's what she did. That's what she did. Well, Irma's only trying to be your lifesaver. Lifesaver? She's no lifesaver. Well, sure she is, Jane. How can you say that? Just because she's sweet? Well, partly. But most of the time, it's because she sounds like she's got a hole in her head. <laughs> Let's pause here on KRLD. To find out more about old-time radio, old-time video, and the pleasures of listening to audiobooks, visit the Audiobook Club website, www.audiobookclub.com, where you can get four audiobooks for just one penny. MediaBay.com Stay tuned. In our next hour, I'll have the conclusion to My Friend Irma, plus an exciting episode of Nightbeat here on KRLD. Now hear this. Now hear this. MediaBay.com We don't know what we're going to find or what dangers we may face. Welcome back to the Radio Hall of Fame on KRLD News Radio 1080. I'm Carl Amari. Now for the conclusion to My Friend Irma. Well, Irma has drawn all our money out of the bank, 
just when I've given a man a check for the entire amount. Let's see, I'm 24 now. With a smart lawyer and time off for good behavior, I'll be 29 when I get out. Al. Al. What, Jane? You know her as well as I do. You love her as much as I do. Just tell me, what makes Irma do these things? I don't know, Jane. They say a woman has a right to change her mind. And I think Irma should change hers for anything she can get. <laughs> now, please understand me. I'm nuts about the girl. It's just that I'm plenty worried about what our kids will be like. You know, what they call pre-naval influence. Well, I don't know, Al. Sometimes I think it's my fault. And yet, how can I be patient with her? She's so gullible. Yesterday, I sent her out for a half a chicken. She paid six dollars. Six dollars? How'd you get clipped like that? She says the man told her the chicken was raised on the Mason-Dixon line and she was getting the half with the southern exposure. <laughs> know what you mean, Jane. It was like the time she paid five dollars for that bottle of perfume. She said it was called flirt. Turned out to be flit. <laughs> Al, I just had a horrible thought. What, Jane? You don't think with our two hundred dollars she... She... Buy anything. Oh, no. No, she wouldn't. Unless, of course, she happens to walk past some of them clip joints on Main Street. Hello? Hello, Jane. Irma, honey, where are you? Shopping on Main Street. <laughs> oh, no. No. Jane, sit down. Wait, I'll get you some water. Chicken, hurry home. Goodbye. Breathe deeply, Jane, deeply. All our money. And there's a check out against it. Oh, Al. Cannot understand that chicken. The way she goes around in circles, I could swear she was born in a mixmaster. <laughs> Come in. It's only me again, Professor Kropotkin. What's the matter with little Jamie? Irma took the $200 the girls had in the joint account, and she's loose on Main Street. Main Street? Janie, you should know better than to let Irma shop. Mm, well, I only have myself to blame. I must have frightened her with all that talk about, about inflation. I should never have mentioned that stupid subject. Please, Janie. Inflation is not stupid. Either you give in to it, or else you can fight it. We at the Gypsy Tea Room, we are fighting it. We don't raise the prices. We just water the soup. <laughs> in fact, we have put so much water in our soup, if you study a bowl closely, you can see the tide go in and out. <laughs> She'd only bring the money home. Irma. Oh, Jane, I took a, a cab home because I'm so anxious to tell you the wonderful news. Irma, just tell me one thing. Have you got the money? Who wants money? It shrinks. <laughs> I, I was sitting on a bench thinking about what you said about inflation, Jane. Yes? And a nice man came over. He said hello, and I said I had $200 that was troubling me. Take some more water, Jane. Imagine that was all I said, and he took an immediate interest in my problem. Men are so thoughtful. Jane, that's enough aspirin. You'll kill your lunch. So he sent me to his brother on Main Street. Irma, while I still have the strength to ask, what did you buy? For $200, I got the sister diamond to the Hope diamond. <laughs> the Sister diamond to the Hope diamond? Yes, the man says it's the Wish diamond. You mean you wish it was a diamond. Let me see it. Here it is. Irma, how much does this so-called diamond weigh? A half pound. <laughs> Look, 
Granny, can't you see this is just a piece of glass? Glass? Certainly. Who ever heard of buying a half-pound diamond for $200? Well, a man said normally they're much higher, but he was selling them cheap because they're last year's diamonds. Chicken, I'm afraid you've been took. Well, maybe I should have taken the other diamond, but there was a flaw in it. A flaw? Yes, every time you shook it, snow would fall on the little man inside. <laughs> oh, Irma, I told you not to shop every cent we had in the world. And besides that, I've used that $200 to pay off the piano. How could you be such a stupid businesswoman? Oh, I'm sorry, Jane. Sorry? You're always sorry. You were sorry that time we had the party and you put chloroform in the coffee because I said I wanted everyone to relax. <laughs> you were sorry when you put the starch in my mouthwash because I said I wanted to keep a stiff upper lip. <laughs> You're always sorry. Oh, Jamie, Jamie, I can't stand my two little sweethearts to argue. Emma thought she was doing the right thing, so... If you want, I'll take her back to Main Street and try to get her money back. No, Professor. Chicken is my problem, too. Now, wait a minute, all of you. You may all think I'm mean, but I love Irma as much as all of you. I think Irma does these things because we pamper her too much. We don't give her any sense of responsibility. Well, here's a chance for her to stand on her own two feet. Irma, I want you to take this... this, um... This fillet of plate glass. <laughs> Back to the store and get the $200 so I can make good the check I gave Mr. Woods of the piano company. And I mean it. But Jane... Don't but Jane me. Fortunately, I am a good businesswoman. I paid off the piano for $200. Now, you go get that money back or I'll go to jail. Oh, all right, Jean. Gee, I wouldn't do anything to hurt you. But the man in the store is going to be very angry. He said cultured diamonds are very hard to get, and they seldom grow this big. <laughs> That's why I gave me a short guarantee. Short? How short? What time is it, Jane? <laughs> Two o'clock. Oh, I think the guarantee is expired. I better hurry. Well, Jane, I think you showed good judgment in letting Irma take it back herself. It may make her a little more cagey. And speaking of cages, I think I'll go back to my room. <laughs> oh, gee, Al, after I made such a good business deal by paying off the piano for only $200. I'm so embarrassed. I think I'd better call Mr. Woods and ask him to hold that check until I'm sure of... Come in. Miss Stacy? Yes, I'm Miss Stacy. Well, I'm Mr. Darrow from the Melody Piano Company, and I'm here to collect the monthly payment. What? Yes, according to my records here, it's uh, $20. Oh, well, there must be some mistake. I've already paid $200 in full to your other collector, Mr. Woods. Oh, so Woods has been here, too. Oh, Miss Stacy, I'm very sorry, but that man's an imposter. He has no connection at all with our company. He's worked this same racket on some of our other customers. Oh, did you hear that? This is wonderful. Well, I don't understand. You wouldn't. Here's your $20. Good day. Oh, Al, isn't it wonderful? How do you like that chicken? If she hadn't taken the money out of the bank, that crook would have cashed the check and you'd be out 200 clams. What a gal. What an intuition. Well, I don't know what it is, Al, but she certainly pulled the bacon out of the fire. Oh, gee, Al. What, Jane? You know, maybe we're not giving Irma enough credit. 
In all her confusion, she might be smarter than all of us. On the surface, no. <laughs> but you know, Jean, genius is often very deep. In Chicken's case, there was a cave-in. <laughs> but finally, it's come to the surface. And I think we got a gusher in that kid. Well, here I am. Irma, darling, we were waiting for you. Did you get the money back? Why, of course, and I had some time. It was so tempting because he had another big special. What was it? Pearls, a whole bucket full. <laughs> Irma, you didn't buy them. No, I think it was a second-hand bucket. <laughs> Irma, Irma, we're all out of aspirin. Just tell me, did he give you the money? Yes, and because I knew what you would do, Jane, I went right to the bank. Oh, no. But I didn't put the money in. Oh, good. <laughs> because while I was standing in line, the man in front of me was holding your check. His name was Mr. Woods. Oh, no. <laughs> so I figured there was no point in putting the check in. Oh, good. So I just gave Mr. Woods the $200, and here's your check. <laughs> seems happy. Well, kids, there's only one man who can help us. Who else? Who else but... Hello, Joe. Al, <laughs> got a problem. Jane and Irma have been swindled. No, Joe, not by any of your boys. This was an outside job. <laughs> a guy by the name of Woods took him for $200, all the dough the girls had in the world. What do you advise? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Thanks, Joe. You're the kind of a man who will leave his mark in the world. Huh? That's what's keeping you awake nights? You're trying to erase those fingerprints? <laughs> ah, Joe, you're an exceptional humanitarian. Goodbye, noble friend. Well, girls, you got nothing to worry about. Joe is going to get your money back from Mr. Wood. Al, is there going to be any violence? Let us not describe it as violence. Let us just say that Joe is sending out two superstitious men. What do you mean, superstitious? These gentlemen are going to knock on woods. Almost beginning to like Joe. And never again will I discuss inflation with Irma. However, Irma is now certain that inflation has already arrived. So I said, Irma, what makes you so certain inflation is here? And Irma said, Well, this morning I asked a man to change a dollar. Yes? I got ten dimes. I can remember when he only got four quarters. <laughs> Well, they say money talks, and if it does, I'm sure it makes more sense than my friend Irma. My Friend Irma is produced and directed by Cy Howard. Mark Levy writes the script with Stanley Adams and Roland McLean, and it's brought to you by Pepsi and Toothpaste with Irium, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company. Marie Wilson is starred as Irma with Joan Banks as Jane. The part of Al was played by John Brown. 
Hans Conried was heard as Professor Kropotkin and Gloria Gordon as Mrs. O'Reilly. Music was under the direction of Vlad Gluskin. This is Wendell Niles reminding you to tune in one hour earlier next week and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, followed by the Pepsodent Show, My Friend Irma. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.